Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb, and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode 53 of the Biz Nation podcast. I'm Kerry and I'm excited today to have you tuning in to this episode because we have joining us Neil Butler from the beautiful seaside city of Geelong in Victoria. Neil is the proud owner of Untypical, amongst others, and hails from many years of experience across things like business transformation, regional businesses, podcasting, broadcasting, small business in general, and I'm sure so much more. Welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks for having me, Kerry. Um, I feel tired just hearing all that. No wonder <laughs> I look like I do. I'm actually 28 years of age. Most people think I look a lot older, but it's to do with all that stuff you just mentioned. Oh, you don't look a day over 28 to me, Neil. <laughs> Thank you very much. You need your eyes tested, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I think we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to hit a couple of key topics today and just bounce the conversation and see where we can take this. Works for me. Excellent. So, Neil, let's start at the beginning. I would love for you to tell the listeners just a, a short summary, if you can, because it's, you know, I'm sure this is going to be a little bit difficult, um, but just a, some kind of summary of your journey to date in, in business, life, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, I grew up in Melbourne. So, we'll just park that bit. Uh, I became a school teacher. I taught secondary mathematics and, sci- and uh, science, specifically physics, and was, in fact, one of the very early teachers of information technology in the 1980s. Um, we don't say that too loud because it makes me sound too old. Uh, after five or six years of teaching, I decided it was time to go and see what was going on in the industry uh, and took a six-month break to go out and work out what's going on so we could actually put uh, a program together that was relevant for kids who were coming through doing information technology. That six-month period started in February 1989. It's still going. It's the longest six months ever. Um, <laughs> I, I worked for uh, a significant multinational company for 13 years. Uh, and then after, in about 2002, they offered me uh, a check to go away and do something else. And since that time, I've kind of been doing contract work, which morphed into a small business, which morphed into what Untypical now is. So Untypical, we don't like to be called a consulting group because it sounds too much like a consulting group. We like to be ideas generators and problem solvers um, and working with some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, right down to small businesses as well. And then foolishly, someone stuck a microphone in front of me a number of years ago, and I've been doing online broadcasting, community radio, and uh, a lot of podcasting and podcasting since then. I think that's fantastic, Neil. It sounds like that was one of the best things that ever happened, is putting the mic in front of you, because you've got the <laughs> voice for it, you've got the personality for it. So, yeah, I think it's great. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. And so it's, I've done a fair bit of um, retro music stuff on my own radio station, but I also do a bit of sports Commentary as well. I broadcast VFL and VFLW football on the radio and also have our uh, sort of a chat program on local radio as well. Mm, awesome. And podcasting, there's been an arrangement of podcasts through there. <laughs> uh, if you keep swinging the racket, you'll hit one eventually. And uh, there's been a couple of podcasts. You've been part of one called WowPod, the Words of Wisdom podcast. 100 people with 
I'm, I'm going to call them ordinary people. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, there's been one or two people who've got a bit of a profile, but fundamentally, normal people telling stories about what they've learned in life. So that was good. Uh, there's a couple of been a couple of business focused ones, and mo most recent ones, I think, called 100 Towns, where I'll be talking to the publican in 100 small towns across Australia. Not the same publican, obviously, 100 publicans across Australia, telling us a little bit about their pub, their town, their region, and trying to get uh, regional Australia a bit on the map outside of the big ones that everyone knows about. Yeah, I love that. And I love the variety that you bring to the podcasting space as well. I think it's mm. quite uh, creative, you know, having these ideas and, and changing things up a little bit, you know, it's it's really good. And I tune in, I think it's fantastic. And yeah, certainly following the journey on this side, and I'm sure many others are as well. So that's great. Yeah, it's good to have you on board. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I just think, uh, you know, as you'll work out over the next little while, I love a chat and much rather be chatting to normal people than the celebs that we see shoved down our throat all the time by the mainstream media. Yeah, definitely. And it makes um, it makes things really, I think, a little bit more authentic, um, something different to tune into. But the real stories, that's what gets me, you know, being able to tune into someone's journey, similar to what we're doing today, but um, in a particular fashion that you actually conduct your podcast. I, I think it's a great listen and certainly brings a lot of value to those listeners as well. So thanks for doing that, Neil. Oh, thank you. And I think the thing is that there, we often hear in the mainstream media too of people who have been overnight sensations and you've got obviously a, a fairly significant following of small business operators and no one ever does a television program that says, oh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to, uh, to Neil. He runs a small business in Geelong. He's been at it for 15 years and still isn't making a dollar. We only ever hear of the Boost Juices and the Virgin Records and, and those sort of organisations that have had you know, overnight success brackets taking 20 years to get their closed brackets. It's it's this mentality that unless you are making millions of dollars as a small business operator and then becoming a bigger business operator, you're not successful. And that's, uh, to be perfectly blunt, bollocks. Yeah, correct. I agree with that 100%. I think we mm. all make a difference. We're all, you know, on our journey and, and set our, our goal and have our vision in sight and, you know, the value and, and obviously the area of expertise that we hold. It doesn't mean that we need to be the multimillionaire. And certainly I'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be lovely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So, Neil, I wanted to unpack just a couple of those key topics with you, and one of those was business transformation. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners your personal experience in this category. Okay. So I think one of the most important things about transformation is to understand what transformation is. That over time, uh, that which was a change has suddenly become transformation. I think everyone wants to boost their, their CV. So the example I give is if we picture your traditional uh, corporate meeting room, if someone says, I'm going to paint the wall green in there, that's a change. That's not a transformation. And so you might put some communications out saying you can't use meeting room four on Thursday because we're painting the wall. In fact, it'll be out of action till Monday. That's change management every day of the week. Yep. Transformation says, I'm going to actually close that for a period of time. We're going to fit it out as a cafe. And now fundamentally it's different. It may even end up with a green wall. Who knows? But this is not about saying we're doing the same thing with a bit of a you know, here and there. So transformation is fundamentally changing the way things happen and I've been fortunate enough in the last two or three years I was doing some contract work with one of the major banks and we went through and took two and a half thousand small businesses seven and a half thousand users of a system from an old system to a new system that's kind of transformation but changed totally the way they operated so instead of being um, loan application centric they became customer centric so that's what I mean by transformation change you know when you change a computer system it doesn't really Yes, okay, you've got to do a few things, do it different. That's change management. Transformation is something bigger again. Yeah. And so 
I ended up with this concept, which I've now trademarked. I've never had a trademark before, but I'm pretty excited about it. And the trademark is a word transformagination. So I like to describe myself as a transformagenist. And this is equally relevant, whether you're running the world's largest bank or the world's largest oil company, to if you're running a cafe. Transformagination, two words coming together, clearly. One's transformation, <laughs> transformation, the other one's imagination. Too many people work on the basis of where can I push this out to? And that's not what you want to be doing. Transformagination, taking that example again, is forget about painting the wall green. Forget about putting a cafe in. What happens if the building burnt down and you had to rebuild it from scratch? What would it look like? That's transformagination. And that's what I'm encouraging people to do at, at the corporate level and at small business level. You don't have to do what you've always done. Yeah, yeah, love that, love that. And I think going back to, you know, those changes that we make and change management in a business, it's not a facelift, it's not a renovation, it's not a mm. new operating system, but, yeah, exactly what you're saying, which is fantastic. Um, that leads me to another kind of question to unpack this a little bit more, only because mm. you've mentioned two awesome words there, this transform, let me see if I can get it right, transformagination. Bingo, you got it in one hit. Yeah. And what was the other one? <laughs> transformaginist. Is that what you mean? As the person who does transformagination, yeah. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So where did you come up with these words? Like they, are they part of the dictionary already? They should be. They're not. Um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, and this will surprise you because most people have the best ideas when they're uh, having one or two cool drinks in the warm afternoon. Um, we were having a couple of cool drinks in the warm afternoon, a couple of mates and I, and we were talking about the fact that in what we were doing, we almost need to toss it out and start again. And I said, look, you know, transformation is one thing, but we've got to bring imagination into that. And we pulled those two words together and I said, transformagination, that's what I need to talk about. And, and so we, I've created, obviously, the person who does it as a transformaginist. Uh, when you go into a company and do this thing, you are transformaginating. Um, so these are all words I've made up and seemingly have, have joined the vernacular a little bit. So uh, I thought I'd better just uh, trademark the word transformagination. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with it. But I, I think it. the important thing is a lot of people go transformation. Oh, I can't do that. I'm not a big company. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can actually, if you need to. And the funny thing is, you would expect that the, the, the time to transformaginate is when there has been a significant change in the way your clients think or in the way your employees think or your shareholders think or whatever it happens to be. And if only there had been a global pandemic for the last 12 months um, where people expected different things. And you, you think about your local cafe who only ever had a coffee window and realised that if they didn't do something around takeaway meals, for example, they weren't mm. going to be around. So they transformaginated. Yes, exactly what I was thinking of, that magic pivot word that we heard. Oh, so the P free, word. I'm still hearing now. <laughs> We're all a little bit sick of pivot, so I'm liking the, the transformagination instead of the word Yeah, pivot. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, and, and that kind of brings me into another section of that as well because, you know, that word pivot, but now called, I will now call transformagination. <laughs> Excellent. Brackets, um, trademark. Yes, correct, correct. Yep. I'll use it wisely. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, 2020 was obviously a horrific time for businesses and they really had to get on board with, you know, making significant changes. So, Neil, in, in, in your world, what did you see? And it might be yourself or others. What, what kind of things have you come across in this space in 2020? I think the thing that struck me most was, despite the fact that I've embedded this new word, uh, so many organisations are unprepared to do that. 
unprepared. And I think part of it is it has been such an upheaval that people are going, I just want to grab onto something secure, right? And so therefore, I want to go back to business as usual. Well, my, what my response to that is there's no such thing anymore. Business as most unusual is what we're in. And, you know, I think a lot of people who are involved in big corporates particularly go, oh, no, we've transformed. People can work from home now. We've got the technology for people to work from home. Yeah, that's a significant change. But if you're still doing what you've always done, you know, it was the great man, Albert Einstein, who said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And I, I, I challenged a couple of my corporate colleagues to say, if you had to give yourself a score for how well your business was operating before the pandemic, what would you give your score? Out of 100, no round numbers allowed. Mm -hmm. right? Now, if they said 67, you go, okay, guess what? That number is now smaller. Mm -hmm. By definition, no one's going to come out of the pandemic going, I tell you what was really good. Our business seems to be functioning better now. Um, and so if you thought you needed to do some stuff around transforming your business uh, beforehand, I can tell you now, now is really the time to do it. Uh, and again, as I say, that's not just the big corps, that's the smaller guys as well. Mm, definitely, definitely. Mm. And, and yeah, we've all seen it, I think. And, and you're right, you know, there's been a, an element of, of resistance. Um, yep. I've always lived by the philosophy of if you don't like change, you shouldn't be in business. It's pretty much mm. that simple because we've got to think sometimes quick on our feet and, and make rapid changes to suit not normally a pandemic, I confess. That's not something that was obviously in everyone's vocabulary. But, yeah, definitely needing to change and, and you know, move with the times and, and put ourselves in the forefront as, as well. So, yeah, yeah definitely. You're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zarb, or directly on my website at kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can find the community on Facebook at BizNation Support Group. Neil, um, you're sounding very creative. I've got to say this whole word space trademark, all this kind of stuff. So there's, there's a lot of creative Neil here in the background. Tell us a little bit about your creative mind and, you know, where, where this has come from. Like it's not just podcasting and broadcasting. There's a lot going on inside Neil. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess the whole point of calling my business untypical I've either been blessed or cursed, and I'm not sure which one it is. I, I fluctuate between the two. I don't see I don't see the world like most people do, and that has caused so much grief for me along the way. Where holding down, I remember someone saying to me, one of my my leaders in one of the corporate roles I had, "You'll never get anywhere in this organisation while you think the way you do." And it's not something you know you can say, "Oh, okay, well look, what I'll do is I I think I'll start thinking like someone else does." It's just not the way it operates, and I think. So many you hear of so many people who go into a career because their parents thought it was a good idea or it was a quote sensible job, whatever it happens to be. And I think as soon as you release yourself from trying to be somebody else, trying to operate like somebody else, there's a certain sense of freedom about it. And so once I kind of decided that, uh, you know, my kids are old enough now. Um, I have a, a daughter who's 30 and a, a son who's 26. So I don't have those financial commitments and those sorts of things. I could afford to do the sorts of things I wanted to do. And I'm absolutely not making any of the money I used to make. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm so much happier and so much more at peace. So once I was a, once I let myself be me, suddenly all these ideas come. And as I said, it's it's to an extent a blessing, but at the same time, it's a curse. It's the shiny syndrome. Oh, there's a nice one. Love one of those. I'm I tend to find myself in that space a lot. So my challenge at the moment is pulling it all back in together and say, right. So here's a cohesive offering, if you like. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of thing. And the remarkable thing is, being a physicist and a mathematician by training. Of all the people in all the world who theoretically can't be creative, I, I should be in that space because right. you know there's a definite answer and this is the way you do things and this is the process you follow. And mathematics is by definition a process, mm-hmm. um, and yet process and me they don't go together terribly well anymore. They used to. I love the fact that you you found you and you found mm. out that it's okay to make you like you you've embraced this i want to be happy i want to enjoy what i'm doing you've mm. taken away essentially taken away the price tag of that you, you're not in yeah. this you know as, as much as you're in business like the next person and the next person but at the same time you're more focused on what do you want to do and what do you want to be and and I can imagine all these amazing thought bubbles that you must have and all of these, like you said, shiny things. How do yeah. you control that? How do you keep that up? Or you don't, that's, you just let it that's, go. Yeah, that's my major my major problem at the moment. And I think one of the things that I, I've decided, I did say that I was 28 and I may have been lying. I'm actually 58. <laughs> and uh, as a result, in 10 years' time, if you do the mathematics on that, you realise I'm 68. And so... Part of the challenge to me during this unprecedented year was, do I still want to be doing what I'm doing when I'm 68? And that is pointing people in a direction they don't want to go. The old saying, you know, pushing you know what up a hill with a pointy stick. There's only so much bashing of the head against the wall you can do. And so that's where the podcasting things come from. If I'm not going to do transformation, if I'm not going to do the the serious transformation stuff, which is quite funny given how much effort I put into coming up with that name, what do I want to do? And that's where the podcasting broadcasting thing has come around. So what I'm working towards now is a business model that allows me to use my podcasting skills, my vodcasting skills, my broadcasting skills to transform various organizations. So rather than looking at it that way, going in and saying, you need to transform, here are a whole stack of tools and opportunities, options that I can produce that are going to help you with that. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's turning that around that's been the, the primary challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and well, keep, I'm getting there slowly. Yeah, and, and keeping it in check, you, you, you're okay? Mm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, see, one of the great things, if I was setting up a cafe and then I was setting up a hardware store and then I was setting up a hairdresser, each one of those takes a significant financial investment. All yeah. of the products I've just mentioned effectively require me to create a website, and a social media presence, all of which I can do in a day or two. Yeah. So if, for example, uh, I have a, a product called Mastercaster, he said, sadly, just slipping a uh, an ad in there, which is uh, taking you from zero to hero as a podcaster. You know, people who've got no idea how to do a podcast through to people who can actually put a podcast out. Now, that program costs a couple of hundred bucks. If I get one of those, if I sell one of those, I've covered my costs. Hmm. So having that on the shelf, if it never gets used, it never gets used. And I think I've, I've sort of convinced myself that's not a bad way to justify it because otherwise, if I had to go, if I said, right, I'm going to go set up a cafe, I've set up a cafe, I've bought all the machinery, I've bought all the furniture, I've done all that sort of stuff, and I've leased the building for six months, and then I go, mm, yeah, actually, on second thoughts, I really do need people to come through. So it's it's just a, an interesting change of mindset for me, and 
having justified it to myself that way, I think I'm okay. Mm. And was this based on the pandemic? Did the, is this where this thinking came from, or this was pre-pandemic? No, I think the pandemic helped. I, I've always had this inkling that I would end up doing something like this. But uh, when you're in transformation and change, the last thing you want to be doing is saying to a corporate client, "So let's talk about transformation." When all they're doing is trying to get the doors open, and yeah. and unfortunately, the timing—I reckon the timing opportunity was minuscule. You either had to; it was either too early in the pandemic or people had made the decision to go back to what they were doing. And there are one or two examples of really good transformation. Uh, I think of, is it, is it Four Pillars Gin, one of the gin organisations who went from creating gin to creating hand sanitizer. Yes. Um, and what a great transformation that is. And they can go back to doing gin as well if they want to, presumably. Yeah. But um, I think in the space I was in, primarily focusing my attention on, um, on big corporates and also on regional businesses, Small businesses were just trying to get the doors open. So there was no point even thinking about that. Um, and now what I'm trying to do is work with some regional organisations to say, you've got to get yourself back on track here. It's post-COVID now. It's no longer in COVID. How's that going to look? I think the corporates I've missed the bus on. So mm -hmm. I think that because I think they've either decided to go back or they've gone out and spent bucket loads of money on getting those consulting businesses in to fix this thing. And I've got yeah. a bit of a problem with that. Yeah, no, fair enough. That all makes perfect sense. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's amazing. And, I and think, I'm going to make a note of me making sense. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll timestamp that for you. Yeah, that, yeah. So you've got that You've got that on record, me making I sense. Do. Well done. I, yeah. yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Amazing. So, Neil, let's talk, let's change it up a bit and let's talk about regional businesses because you touched on this a moment ago, mm. you know, and, and where they're at at the moment, but also your experience with regional businesses, not just pandemic, but pre-pandemic. So can you give us a, a little bit of insight in that, mm. please? Um, I love regional Australia. Let me put that on the on the, the table. And I live in Geelong and there are a lot of people who are regional Australians who go, that Geelong, that's not regional. What are you talking about? <laughs> and and so um, yes, but it is regional. And regional people are different to metro people. Let's let's put that on the table. My initial experience in working in regional Australia was I was a school teacher in two two different regional schools. And being part of the community was really good. And when I then moved back to Melbourne to teach, I might as well have lived in the northern suburbs as much as living on the Mornington Peninsula where I was teaching because mm. there was no interaction outside of school. Whereas my first school, I was in a school in a town of 1,200 people, 150 of whom went to the school. Yeah. So, you know, and, and another 30 worked there. So you were sort of, you, you, it was a really nice environment. When I moved into the oil industry, I started working with regional distributors and took me to, I think I worked it out, something like 200 different towns around Australia where I, I did a day's work Wow! at least. In some instances, it was four weeks. I, I actually went and lived in Kalgoorlie for six weeks back to back for a period of time and helped them set up a business over there. But the, the, the thing that was really good about it was they were genuine. Often they were family-run businesses. You had a business that was turning over millions of dollars because fuel's like that, and mm. yet you might only have 30 people working there. So there was the sophistication available to look outside of, of you know, the standard up and down type uh, processes. And yet they were hands-on enough for people to really be part of a community. Often these businesses were the biggest businesses in town and therefore they were also the sponsors of the footy club or they were the sponsors of the netball club or whatever. Again, there was a real community feel. And until you've lived in regional Australia, you just don't get it. You think you do. Yeah. So now fast forward to the pandemic 
And you look at a place like Melbourne with, what, five and a half million people in it and a bit of government support, a bit of government um, uh, financial support, and you know that Melbourne's going to bounce back. You know that Sydney's going to bounce back. But you go take a town like Oyen, which is about five and a half hours drive up the Calder Highway from Melbourne, a town Mm -hmm. of a 1,000 people. Well, they're reliant on each other. No one can go and visit them. No one can go and spend money in their town, which is why you hear these calls all the time for go out and support regional Australia. Because those thousand people are self-sufficient to an extent. But as soon as you cut, you know, put a ring fence around that town and say, sorry, you guys are on your own, that's when it starts to become really difficult. And with things like football clubs closing down, and that sounds like a silly statement to make, but you get to a small town and the footy club disappears, so does the heart and soul of that town. Yeah, so no, it's critical not. that we support regional Australia. And mm. I, I use Oyun as an example because they have just taken a disused dam and, and basically redone it, put a whole lot of foliage around it, and now the Oyun Lake is just a beautiful tourist attraction. Um, the pub is being run by someone who's about 30, so you've got a young family in there, and they are doing some really exciting things. You're going into Hamilton about five hours, four hours drive south of there, and that's another town that's really switched on. There, there's so much going on in that town. You go to the other side of Victoria and you go to you know, your Gippsland, uh, East Gippsland, so you've got Bensdale, Lakes Entrance, those places, Mallacoota, that were wiped out two years ago by yeah. bushfires, now getting themselves up off the canvas and saying, is that the best you got? <laughs> and then you've got other towns who are just plodding along because that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. And so it's a fascinating world to be involved in. And, and my product, Regional Reset, he said, dropping another ad in there, is about working with these communities, whether it's a place the size of Oyun or whether it's the place the size of Shepparton, uh, Geelong. Every one of those towns has one thing in common, and that is they're coming out of the pandemic this is not bushfires mm. where it affects, you know, a corner of the state that we all think, yeah, you know, we'll all stick 50 bucks in the tin and everyone, yeah, that's all good. We're talking now a national, international debacle that we now need to support. And that's why I get so passionate about it. Did you pick that up? Oh, I've kind of got a bit of a hint there. There could be just a little tiny inkling of what's going on here. But it resonates with me, Neil, because Mm. you mentioned Hamilton. Well, I wasn't far from Hamilton. So that's, you know, a zone that I know really well. And Mm. you're right, you know, those regional communities, it's like an extended family. Like Mm. it really is, you know, the the neighbours. The, the person you run into at the local shop or the or the service station or, or wherever, you know, mm. the football clubs, the sports clubs bring it all together. That is the family community right there. 100% mm. agree with that. You know, I used to be in a, a netball club, um, football netball club many, many years ago. We won't go into that. Um, but, yeah, exactly. That's what happens. Everyone knows everyone and, you know, you, you're driving down the street and you're waving and you're waving and mm. you're waving. That's how it goes. That's how it is. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I love that. Like so, I don't just I don't just tolerate it. I love it, yes. and it, the reason I chose Geelong in the first place because I used to live in Melbourne was I the transformation stuff and the transimagination stuff I was doing really required me to work with with um, bigger companies and mm-hmm. being in Geelong is the best of both worlds because I can drive ten minutes and I'm in the bush, I can drive ten minutes and I'm at the beach, I can drive twenty minutes and I'm in I'm on the Great Ocean Road. And yet I'm only an hour's drive from Melbourne. So it, it yeah. was the best of both worlds. Now that we've got this kind of technology like you and I are using, I could basically huh? be on the moon. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. not on the moon. There's no internet connection up there, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, yeah. And these days, I have to confess, I would be more regional if um, mm. if the internet was slightly more improved. <laughs> and I know there's possibilities with, you know, a little bit of capital investment there. But um, that's my dream to get back to the regional areas and get back to the country and live mm. a laptop lifestyle because that's what's possible. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, and and you know, the only two things that really I need in my life, apart from you know a good internet connection, is red wine and uh, good coffee. And there's plenty of places now around Australia where the coffee, even interstate. <laughs> hello, everyone else outside of Victoria. The coffee is improving dramatically. But just in country Victoria, country New South Wales, we've spent a bit of time up there. Country Queensland, the coffee's improving, and of course the red wine you can buy anywhere, can't you? But it's generally really good if it comes from regional Australia. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And I think that's one of the things that has been adopted over the last probably five years, I would I would guess, is, you know, the, the dining experience and the cafe culture has expanded mm. beyond the metro areas, which I love because I love coffee. Yeah. So that, yes. that works for me. And, <laughs> um, yeah, being able to get in the car and, and you know, still go to the, the regional areas and, you know, head on down to the country and head towards Hamilton and still grab a good half-decent cup of coffee is gold. Yeah. Just and, and that's... Uh, the risk of pushing the, the barrow out further. Anyone who's listening to this who thinks to themselves, I've got a weekend coming up, what will I do? Get in your car and drive for two hours. Mm. There is nowhere, well, maybe if you're absolutely in the smack bang eastern suburbs of Sydney or, you know, it might take you more than two hours. But two-hour drive, you will be somewhere regional. You buy a coffee, you buy a pie, you buy something in the local news agent and you have made their day. Mm. And it doesn't take much and it's a great road trip. It is a road trip. I was just about to say that. I'm glad you added that because that mm. is brilliant. Like I love driving and, and I'm sure, you know, at least um, well, half of the population might at least. But it's country driving. It's different driving. It's not yep. like being in the bumper-to-bumper peak hour traffic, which yep. we've seen, you know, rise and fall throughout uh, the pandemic as well. I think it's kind of back to normal now between that and road works. You kind of can't, you're always going to run into something. But mm. the country drive is amazing. It really is highly Find a winery. Find a cafe, mm. find a pub, find somewhere. Just go there. Yeah, if you leave home at nine thirty, you're going to be somewhere really good for lunch. Have a lunch, a couple of hours, turn around, come back home for dinner. I mean, it's it's that easy. Yeah, it really is that easy. And and yeah, I agree. I think um, that's definitely on the cards to do uh, mm. really soon. <laughs> I'll step away from the computer and hop in the car. <laughs> Take it with you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Neil, I have a couple of tough questions for you. Curveball. I think yep. you'll be. I think you'll be okay. You'll survive. Right, see how I go. Yep. There is five things that we want to know about Neil that we otherwise wouldn't know had you not been on this podcast. Ooh, okay. Hit me with it. Okay. Yep. Are you a chef or a takeaway king? Takeaway. Takeaway all the way. Yeah, undoubtedly, and uh, if you want them ranked, uh, number one pasta, number two pizza, number three fish and chips. Ooh, very nice. Which, Good which accounts, for my, accounts for my shape. <laughs> <laughs> my next question is, what is your favourite non-business activity? Uh, podcasting oh. and radio. Broadcasting, oh. yeah. Broadcasting is my happy place. And, in fact, I've got an online radio station that every Friday night between 8 and 11, I just sit here and play music and talk oh. about it. So love that happy place. Yep. Yay. Awesome. All-time favourite movie? I don't watch movies a lot, but mm-hmm. undoubtedly, can I, two, can I say two? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because there was one that I, I loved growing up as a kid in my early 20s and 30s and stuff called The Poseidon Adventure. came out in 1972. It's about a boat that turned upside down and yes. not the remake. I'm talking the 72 original. Yep. 
But, but in the last 10 years, I've stumbled over a movie called The Boat That Rocked. It's cool. also known as Pirate Radio. And it's mm -hmm. the story, uh, well, a, a fictionalized story of um, uh, pirate radio that used to occur off the coast of the uh, UK. And the soundtrack is amazing. And it's got all sorts of people. Bill Nye's in it. Uh, the uh, Reese Ephens is in it. Uh, Emma Thompson's in it. It's just a great movie and a good, feel-good movie. Got a bit of fun. Got a bit of laugh. Got a bit of drama and some great music. Fantastic. Oh, that, oh, that sounded like a radio announcer, didn't it? And some great music. <laughs> it's coming out. It's okay. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. Thank you so much. Yep. And Easy. the next question, second last question: hero or someone that you admire? Me personally. As in, who do I? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, in terms of music, uh, Sir Paul McCartney is undoubtedly uh, the Beethoven of the 20th century, and I think he is extraordinary in terms mm -hmm. of his capacity to to bring happiness and joy to people. Um, yeah, I'm going to run with him. In terms of yep. my my educational background, uh, I'm a great uh, follower of the great man Albert Einstein, and I re I reference him regularly. Yes. Awesome. Last one, biggest goal for 2021, either already achieved or still in the making? On a personal level, uh, we're recording this. Really, I tell people when we're recording this. Yeah. Yeah. Today's the 17th of March. In 2021, between now and the 31st of March, I changed my status from just being a dad to being a granddad. So um, that's a fairly significant event. Um, the other goal, from a business perspective, I really want to move into a world where I can survive financially by just talking into microphones and 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 cameras i think that there's such an opportunity for podcasters to not just get up and pontificate but actually engage people and i think that's where i want to be so that by the end of the year untypical media has taken over from untypical thinking yay love it that's mm. amazing thank you neil that is all fantastic and thank you so much for this conversation we've hit some really good topics there and it's great to dive into your story your journey and and share with us some of that amazing stuff so thank you so much i really appreciate it and thanks for having me kerry always good to be uh, having a chat to you there's always a bit of fun and a bit of learning as well so thanks for the invitation no worries. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Uh, just for those that aren't actually aware, if you wanted to continue the conversation, we have a Facebook group. It's called Biz Nation Support Group. We'd love to see you there. And thanks again for tuning in. Uh, my name's Kerry and that's it for today. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I'd also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.